Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. everybody and welcome to a radio show limited network real world road test i'm john hindhoff the car standing in front of me now is the fourth version of a vehicle that has been extremely important for its manufacturer getting in on the suv revolution in the early 2000s was a real cornerstone of the forward planning for the hyundai hyundai Hyundai, however you see it around the world, and various different people in various uh, different areas will see it differently. For this, let's call it Hyundai, uh, for the Hyundai Motor Company. And the car that brought them so much success and really established them in the United States in that early 2000 era was the Santa Fe. And this Real World Road Test has the latest version as its subject. Real World Road Test. So then the... Hyundai Santa Fe started off as what I think we call now a crossover really it wasn't a huge car and over its four iterations has grown to the vehicle that we see in front of us today now here in the UK it's now marketed as a semi-premium to premium piece of equipment and the exterior styling and the interior which we'll talk about in a moment uh, very much lives up to that a far cry from the very basic style of that first car back in 2000 2001 and since then by the way over 1.2 million Santa Fe's around the world have found homes a testament to the perfect piece of planning from Hyundai to get themselves into that marketplace uh, built in the biggest single manufacturing plant in the world in uh, South Korea which also has the biggest shipyard the home of Hyundai Motors uh, and also in the US as well this new version the TM version fourth version of the Santa Fe really cuts a bit of a dash let's talk about the styling first of all the front end for the 2019 version that's in front of us here supplied to us by uh, Hyundai in the UK uh, has grown a honeycomb hexagonal grill uh, with the headlights sort of seated uh, halfway down situated about halfway down the front end the day notice lights sitting up high not unlike actually the jeep cherokee had a few years ago but they've kind of refined that look here and it's quite an aggressive look to be honest for a for an suv also for a big car it doesn't look big and slabby it's very nice piece of design if i look at the top of the bonnet here with the uh, day notice lights cut into the side of the wings the bonnet and this happens with all cars the bonnet has to go up and over that's pedestrian safety but what they've done very cleverly here is they've used styling lines and a little bit of a secondary style and lining the middle to suggest a bit of concave action going on there and that draws your eye to it and what that does is visually pull the front end the bonnet the hood of this car down it's an SUV, so it's sitting up high. But actually, if you look at a photograph that's taken from a lowish angle, you could almost mistake it, for the front end at least, of a sports car. 
as we go down the passenger side here it's not massively overtired uh, the wheels here fill the wheel arches uh, and are 19 inch with uh, 55 series rubber uh, that contributes i think massively to a decent ride on this car and we'll get to the chassis in a moment the only bit of slabbiness is actually around the wheel arches themselves with the black plastic uh, areas around the very edges that's the only really flat surface there if we come back to down through the two doors on the passenger side here there's a nice curve to that and one thing i really like is when you open the door the doors open all the way down to the sills now you've heard me talk about this before on super premium cars like the audi x8 uh, sorry q8 that i've been driving recently why i like that two reasons one there's a continuity of the design and two, it means that the sill here on the inside, branded Santa Fe in uh, nice brushed aluminium, doesn't get dirty. Because this is a high car, there will be people who have to sort of sit in backwards, put their bottom on the seat and drag their feet over. It means the back of your calves don't get dirty. It's a lovely piece of design. Bit of uh, nice silver trim down the side. And then the back door opens exactly the same. Now, you know my test I like to be able to get into the seat behind my driving position. No problem with that. The other thing that's really good about this, I think, is that the wheel arch does not intrude. So again, if I think of elderly parents or relatives, if they have to sit in and then swivel their legs around, then they can do that and get into the back. Let's go to the business end, as far as we're concerned here at Radio Show Limited. That's the boot or the trunk. Now. At the moment, the third row of seats, and this is a seven-seater, uh, are folded down. That happens electrically. Huge, huge carrying capacity. You can probably hear, I've got the boot lid up at the moment, and you can probably hear the echo when I'm talking there. Radio station could fit in there, no problem. Indeed, it had to uh, in 2019 well, when this car was one of our fleet vehicles for... Le Mans and back to back with the Nürburgring 24 hours. So it's been a load lugger, it's been somewhere to sleep, as well as being transport. Lovely little touch, by the way, is that the tonneau cover over that uh, comes out and fits over the load area. You know the problem when you put the back seats up, you've got nowhere to put that, have you? So, you know, what do you do with it? You start in the garage, and then when you put the back seats down and you've got stuff people don't want to see, you haven't got the tonneau cover with you. Hyundai have solved that because underneath the floor, just here, if you open up, apart from being a jack and a spare number plate because there's a tow bar that you can fit on as well there and all the bits and pieces you need to change the wheel, there's also a perfectly tonneau-sized gap so that when you take it out, you can slot it under the floor. It doesn't even take up any space in the boot. Brilliant. Electrically operated boot tailgate now i'm down to the driver's side now but before I, I get in i want to talk about the back actually because this is one of the places they've really cleaned up uh, nice big back window rear wash wipe of course big hyundai h uh, on the back of that exhaust twin exhaust to the right hand side here pretty clean rear end on this car with a nice trim swift that uh, strip in between the two rear lights uh, and a bit of a rear valance on there as well but it's not pretending to be a sports car it hasn't got any diffuser or anything under there but the good thing for me is just how that boot lid lifts and it's a relatively low boot floor so lifting things in for example my mother-in-law's wheelchair go in there 
no problem whatsoever. Huge amount of space. Uh, duplicated rear lights set into what I would call still the rear bumper. Of course, it's not a bumper bar anymore. Uh, but nice, again, there's a nice continuity of design here with a lot of curves. But it doesn't look too fussy. And I do like the fact that it's got hips here. It's got a little slight bulge over the rear over the rear arches, which I really like. Okay, the front seat is set fairly well back because Joe Bradley's been driving this and he drives a bit further back from the wheel than I do, but I can still fit very easily into the back of the car. This one has a panoramic sunroof, which is very lovely and lightens up, which is what is quite a dark interior. I do like the sort of gray woolen worsted feel uh, to the headlining such as it is and the a b and c pillars here uh, back seats are comfortable three seats and then two behind if you need them there's a little bit of quilting sort of bentley style on there leather of course uh, there's air in the center console somewhere to put your phone a uh, couple of charging points which are usbs and something that paul trusswell find found extremely useful on the run down from Le Mans to the Nürburgring, a proper 220, 240 volt inverted power supply, AC power supply there. So he was able to plug his computer in and uh, do, crunch some of his numbers whilst he was driving with a, without uh, needing to keep stopping and firing his laptop back up again. So that worked really well. All right, let's get into the driver's seat. The thoughtful design here continues right the way through from the outside to the inside. Um, it's certainly not quite Audi standards, but then again, what is? But everything is where you want it to be. Gone is the utilitarian feel of Hyundai's back in 2000 and 2001. Uh, you've got a big navigation screen and you can control pretty much everything uh, from that with a touch screen with the radio with the navigation etc etc the air conditioning and climate very good indeed from everyone that's mentioned this uh, a relatively small steering wheel uh, and beautifully supportive seats and as i say everything sort of comes to hand where you'd want it to be there's a nice soft touch to everything that you're going to be putting your hands on regularly this as the top of the range car has uh, adaptive cruise control it's got lane departure uh, you can open the boot and close it from inside the car it's got uh, side warning if someone's up alongside you and you're going to move out into them so it's very very well equipped indeed and there's one thing that i really like about this that doesn't necessarily spring to mind as something that is essential but once you've seen it you think why don't other people do that i'm sitting in the driver's seat and then i've turned to my left on the side of the passenger seat that's closest to me i.e the bit that's in to the middle of the car there are two little push buttons there's one that moves the seat forward and back the passenger seat forward and back and the other that moves the passenger seat back the actual back rest and tilts it forward so if you've got something long that you want to put into the car and you flatten all the seats and by the way this is a substantial load lugger we've had a chair a table a footrest and some other bits and pieces uh, in the back of this car as well as studio equipment with the seats that 
the middle seats fall completely flat so you've got a very very long load floor but i like the idea that if you're putting somebody in the back and maybe you're leaving the front seat free that i can control that from here and pull it all the way forward without having to go around the outside and move it from there i think that's a brilliant brilliant idea i'm going to put that back because i'm going to be in that passenger seat uh, in a few moments time there's memory for the driver's seat there's heated seats uh, and cooled seats as well on this model so you can see that hyundai have certainly gone for a very different market from that original santa fe back in 2000 and while we're talking about things that feel just right by the way i know this is an suv i know that you won't necessarily use them all the time but aluminium gear lever paddles behind the steering wheel that are beautiful to the touch and have just a little machined edge to them like a, a little aeroplane wing that you can just get your fingertips underneath it's lovely really well thought out and this car over forty thousand pounds in the uk and it actually feels like it's worth that as well it's but it's a really really good move up market for hyundai in this santa fe but don't take my word for it next we'll put this car on the road and talk to somebody who's done nearly 2500 miles in this car over uh, the last few weeks that's joe bradley on the radio show limited network of channels real world road test of the hyundai santa fe real world road tests the subject of our radio show limited real world road test is the hyundai santa fe this is the fourth generation of the suv that so affected the fortunes of the Hyundai Motor Company particularly in the USA of course this version is still built in the US as well now unusually I'm not driving that I am leaving those duties I am leaving to my man Bradley Joe Bradley and the reason for that is twofold um, one so that I can enjoy the really quite luxurious feel of the passenger front passenger seat here although I feel perhaps I should have been sitting in the back, but it would, made it would have made the interview a little more difficult. But secondly, and possibly more, most importantly, Joe was the custodian of our Hyundai Santa Fe that did uh, a lot of work uh, in the middle of 2019 in the run to the Le Mans 24 hours and subsequently straight afterwards down to the Nürburgring, where it was a load carrier, a people carrier, a bedroom at one stage uh, as well uh, Joe this is not the exact same car that you took to Le Mans this is the 2019 uh, version of the car though so it's uh, exa exactly identical other than the colour of the car and the first impression I get from sitting in this car as you're driving and we're on a, a B road here in the middle of the UK in Northamptonshire it's soaking up the bumps very well and this is a big car that feels to me very poised on the road for a for a vehicle of this type well certainly in the summer when we used it for what we used it for and that massive journey across europe the word perfect is sometimes overly used but you know what this car was actually perfect for it than what we needed it for we took the car all the way from the uk to le mans we used it around the le mans area backwards and forwards to our from our house and then huge journey across to the nurburgring and it really was the perfect car um, comfortable firm 
did everything it's meant to, meant to do. It was absolutely a, a joy to drive. Now, most of that journey, and there was over 2,400 miles there, uh, plus you've already put a couple of hundred, nearly 300 miles on it in uh, this trip as well. Uh, that would have been on roads very different from what we're driving on now, which are single track country roads in the middle of Northamptonshire. We've got a Ford on the left down here that I always like to take the SUVs through, just frankly because we can. But how did the car perform on the motorways, payage and autobahns uh, of Europe? Oh, I thought you would have attacked that a bit more, mate, rather than just toddling through. Hang on, you've got somebody uh, on your right there. We've got, yes, well, we've uh, we've had a lot of water lately and I didn't know how deep that Ford was. <laughs> but we've just gone through it mm -hmm. and it was, uh, it was like we've not really done anything really there yeah. it wasn't that exciting um it was only a couple of feet of water um car to do that though isn't it um the car was perfect a little bit too perfect at times uh, certainly in the uh, unrestricted autobahns of germany mm -hmm. um but the car's as comfortable all right the autobahn uh, the unrestricted autobahns allowed us to to travel at more than 100 miles an hour and the car was as comfortable at 110, 115 miles an hour. I didn't really go much further than that, to be honest. It's not that type of car. Um, as it is, it's 70 miles an hour on the UK motorways. Mm -hmm. uh, like I say, it soaks up the miles. Yes. And the thing about it is when you get to, a you know, at the end of a, a thousand mile run, it's like you've just gone to the shops and back. You don't feel fatigued. And one of the things I love about this car, and I drive a, a relatively old Mercedes, and the thing I missed the most about giving this car up was the intelligent cruise control. Mm. It doesn't so much take the thinking out of driving, it takes the stress out of driving. And certainly the busier roads of the UK, where you're, you're doing things, you know, the speed, you're going from 50 to 70 miles an hour in a constant uh, sort of state of uh, traffic and then the open road, the, the intelligent cruise is brilliant, a brilliant tool. I like the, I've always liked the high up driving position of an SUV and you've got that in this car you've got plenty of, I mean we're sitting side by side here there's plenty of shoulder room plenty of room in the back plenty of headroom as well but what gets me about this car is the exterior size is and I mentioned this was when I was walking around the exterior size is actually masked by some very clever design but when you're sitting in the car it actually doesn't feel that big either and I suspect and you can probably tell me more about this uh, that the car doesn't, and, and I hope you understand what I mean by this, the, the car probably doesn't drive as big as it is. You mean it doesn't feel like an SUV, kind of an off-roader? Yeah. No, it feels, it's got a firm feel to it, hasn't it? And I've got it, I've got it set in comfort mode and there was no reason to, it's got a dynamic setting, it's even got a sport setting. There was no need because the comfort, zone, uh, the comfort mode that it's in, I, I kind of kept it in pretty much the whole time I had the car. There was no reason because even in comfort mode, it gives you a firm feel uh, to the road. And even when you push on through the country roads, um, it's got a positivity about it. You, you pointed at the curve, you pointed at the corner, and it goes where you pointed. There's no wallowing, there's no kind of uh, softness that you feel, the looseness that you feel in a car that has a really pretty pretty high centre of gravity, for instance. There's none of that. It has a it gives you confidence, but not, not overly confident, obviously. Well, and, and let's let's be fair, we're not saying that this is a, a, a Veloster or an I30N comparable handling car. Of course not, but even sitting in the passenger seat, I feel a compliant but firm ride. The body control 
from the chassis engineers they've worked very well I mentioned 19 inch rims earlier on that's not big at all now for SUVs 55 series tyres my goodness me I'm Joe and I are both old enough to think 55 series tyres are actually pretty low profile and on a car like this you'd expect them to be a bit crashy over the worst excesses of UK roads particularly here in Northamptonshire where the budget money for uh, road bending and maintenance uh, runs out seemingly three days after the new budget gets in but it's actually as you can probably hear by the lack of any road noise it's really good at higher speeds even these big rear view mirrors mounted on the door don't whistle they're not making a lot of noise in terms of wind noise and a fairly bluff styling suv styling um is pretty efficient through the air as well one thing i do want to ask you about joe is on that marathon two 24-hour trip that you did earlier on in this car's uh sister i suppose uh, you would say relative um driving munching those miles killing those kilometers that can't do that much though for your fuel consumption so i'm i'm thinking somewhere early to mid 30s in terms of your overall fuel consumption for that two and a half thousand miles you did no i actually got 41 miles a gallon as an average for the whole time we had the car and all right there, were, there wasn't a lot of 110 miles an hour um, motoring in that but you know 75 miles an hour you know the kind of thing 70 miles an hour in the uk um sat there 40 miles 41 miles a gallon is uh, pretty good for a car this size and this weight and this is a 2.2 liter four-cylinder turbo diesel puts out around about 200 horsepower uh, there is a petrol version as well available in other parts of the world we don't get that here uh, in the uk there's a 3.5 uh, petrol uh, engine version of this um 200 horsepower doesn't sound enough but what i suspect puts that fuel mileage figure up well above that 40 41 miles to the gallon figure that joe was talking about is a super torque curve uh, peak torque comes in at 1750 revs uh, this has an eight speed uh, automatic gearbox which works very well indeed to keep the car in that power band and it's uh, making sure that the engine's as efficient as possible 325 foot pounds of torque by the way at uh, at that 1750 start point so joe no need to rev this car and going back to long journeys in particular you know SUVs you look at them and think all right maybe their natural habitat should be going down country lanes and up to their axles in mud but the reality is people buy these cars for very different things and long relaxed cruising with three or four or five people and you know you've got grandkids sticking the grandkids all the way in in, we, in the back we did that my daughter who has three kids two four-year-old twins and a seven-year-old uh, we used the car to go swimming one day and uh, I can tell you, this car is the perfect family car. We sat uh, four adults and three kids. Yeah. Could because the back seats fall down to make it a seven-seater. And it was, you know, some cars that purport to be a seven-seater. Um, yeah, seven-seaters, <laughs> but how big, are, how big are the people in it? Um, this one, very, very... In fact, we had an adult in the far... Yes. rear seat yes and um, there's plenty of room it's not like you know you can only sit a child in there you can sit an adult in and spread the kids around because the kids have got isofix seats mm-hmm. the four-year-olds have got to be in their special yes. safety seats so that kind of restricts where you put your kids yeah um this is the perfect family car 
In fact, um, my I think my daughter cried when I drove away, and it's like, <laughs> are, are you not? Can I, can I not? You know, she really coveted this car. She was really envious of this car. What again? As we're coming to the end of this real world road test, Joe Bradley and John Hindorf here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels, just pulling out on a dual carriageway here, seventy miles an hour at speed limit. Joe's just flexed his big toe slightly. And whilst I'm not going to honestly say that I've been pushed back into my seat, of course not, but I felt the acceleration there. I'm not even sure that the automatic change down there, Joe, there's, there's absolutely steam train uh, areas of torque on demand there that must make this car so relaxing to drive in so many different situations, whether you're pottering around the town or you're on those big European tours. Absolutely, and it, it performs, it's got a lot of torque, so when you do need to accelerate past a, past a truck or something to get yourself out of a, a situation of being boxed in on the motorway, it can perform, and it performs to quite quite impressive level it you know it's not all right it's not for a vehicle of this size and shape absolutely that's exactly what i mean to say and it 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 outperforms a lot of saloon cars that you know puts them to shame uh sit in front wheel drive for most of the time i dare say we've i don't even think joe's probably taken it out of that it's it automatically uh uses the differentials and clever electronics to distribute the drive between front and back and even from side Decide this is a sophisticated car uh, from Hyundai and really is a worthy addition to the Hyundai range. It's the 2019 Hyundai Santa Fe 2.2 diesel. John Hindoff and Joe Bradley enjoying this car that has done such good work for us through Le Mans and Nürburgring 24 and is back on duty for us again, taking the team to another motor race this weekend highly recommended sitting right on the sub premium marketplace it's fit and finish it's design and certainly it's performance is worthy of a trip down to your Hyundai, Hyundai Hyundai, however you say it around the world dealer and this is going to be a one that once again Joe is going to fight when the chap comes to pick it up I've got a feeling the keys might be hidden at the bottom of the fruit wall. I'm not going to be in. I'd be out that day. Another real-world road test. Check out more at RadioLeMond.com.